more points online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's word today. I am extra excited because I've been waiting on you. I just want y'all to know that. this I've held back until the 10 o'clock service, so this is specifically... Y'all acting like I'm lying to you. It hurts my feelings a little bit. This is what I need everybody to do, all right? I need everybody to get your worship guide out. And if you don't have a worship guide, there's going to be more than just you. So lift your hand up and say, I don't have one. We got an army that's ready to come give you one. Just show me. And we're going to, because everybody's got to do this. This is part of the message today. So I need everybody, if you've been, if you're a four-pointer since we had our first Easter at Pizza Inn, or if, or if today's your first time, I need everybody to fill us out because this is a contract. You're not, you're not signing a contract that you're going to serve here or, or give us your firstborn son or anything like that. This is just part of the message. So I need everybody to take part and get this and start filling it out right now. And it's going to make sense as we go. But do this for me. Right now, where you're sitting, start filling this out. Fill it out because it's, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is going to be a huge part of the message if y'all will fill it out with me right now. So as we're filling this contract out, I've got to ask you guys a question is, how many of y'all other than this one that we're doing right now, but I'm not going to ask you to show hands because then we'll, we'll pass out two to every single person. That'd be awkward. But like, just by, just by acknowledgement of a yes, how many of y'all have ever had to sign a contract because you bought a car, a house, or something in your life? Say yes if that's you. Yeah. Right? So we know what it's like to actually sign a contract. And here's the deal with a contract is some of y'all are really, really smart and you're detail-oriented people. So that means that you read all the stuff on every bit of everything on the contract, Right? I remember just a couple weeks ago when we were signing the contract and, and purchasing the land as a church that's a half mile down the road that we're excited about and I'm celebrating. Come on. Thank God that Zach was in the room with me, one of our leaders and, and elders, because had he not been in the room, I'm not sure all of the little details would have been read if y'all know what I'm talking about. Because I was the dude growing up in school that whenever we got a test, y'all remember these tests? And, and the directions just said, just fill your name at the top of the paper and turn the test in. Did y'all ever see those? I failed that one every time. None of y'all ever failed anything, apparently, because y'all are not tracking with me at all. I failed that one every single time because I'm not really worried about the details of the thing. I just see, just do it, right? And, and don't worry about it and what it says. Listen, when we were filling this contract out, we bought the land from a judge. And so <laughs> you're thinking, yeah. This judge is going to know the law because, like, he's a judge. So we got this one piece of paper from the lawyer while we were going through all the papers, and he slid it across, and I looked at it, and, and, and the lawyer said, this is what it's about. So I did what a very smart leader should do. I said, that sounds good, and took his word for it and just signed. Judge Snow read every, I'm talking about, like, he was looking sideways on the paper to read every detail, and I was like, my gosh, if he finds anything, I guess this is good, but I don't want him to, so this is awkward because, like, like, most of us, when we've done contracts, maybe it's gone well, but I want y'all to know something, that you've got to read the fine print. Someone say fine print. Whenever y'all think of fine print, I'm not sure what comes to your mind. But these are the little details, the way that you can get got, right? 
the little, the little things that they throw in, and there's all kinds of different things in our lives. But the one thing that comes to my mind is those commercials on TV about Chantix. I know if y'all don't watch TV, you've not seen this, but I just got to play it out for y'all. And if y'all don't like to have fun, then it's gonna be this is gonna be miserable for y'all. So just be miserable. But this is what it's like. And I don't know how this works, but but somehow when you take Chantix, you got to take a walk and you got to be in a field or in a forest, right? And so, and the dude comes on the commercial, and he's like, try Chantix, and he's got that nice voice, and they're always just walking. Now, we're, smoke, we're quitting smoking. That's the goal of Chantix, right? It's an it's a anti-smoking aid. It's I'm going to quit aid. And so, the first 15 seconds of the commercial, we're just taking a nice stroll. We're casually quitting. He's talking to his wife. He's talking to his friends, whatever's going on, and everything's good in the world. And the first 15 seconds of a 60-second commercial, all's right in the world. So far, if y'all are with me, say yes. Then it says, and the dude's voice changes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He goes, and the side effects of Chantix are. And like, it immediately it changes, and then you just go, what is wrong with these people? I, I did half of them. I left out half the side effects. This is what it says. The side effects include nausea, sleep disturbance, constipation, gas. It actually says flashlights, and that's funnier, but here we go. Vomiting, headaches, weakness, unusual dreams, insomnia, dry mouth burning in the feet, and I just stop right there and say, if dude's taking a walk and he's got burning in the feet, then Chantix is already hurting him, right? And then we keep going. Abnormal heart, liver function. Like You stop smoking because you don't want a bad heart, but this Chantix dude gives you heart problems and the diabetes. And then we continue. Weight gain. So I might stop smoking, but, but I gain 100 pounds, and this gives me, like in sleepwalking, problems with eyesight. So I'm taking my stroll, my feet hurt. I might have the big one and I can't see a thing, but guess what? I quit smoking, right? This is my favorite one. Nosebleeds is not my favorite one, I, whatever. Giant hives. I just need someone to explain that. That's not enough information. Because when dude's reading this on the commercial, I'm going, what does that look like? Show me a picture of a giant hive, because I'm picturing it's like unicorns, craziness happening, right? But remember, they did stop smoking, praise God. Hallucinations, heart attack. Like, I pumped the brakes on this one because I'm like, you stop doing this so you don't do this. But then someone had this, so they had to put it. High blood pressure, panic disorder, paranoia. I love this one. Thoughts of hurting other people. Because you know there's been a court date where someone shanked somebody. And they looked at the judge and said, judge, I'm, I'm innocent. I took Chantix. I don't know if that's going to work. And the judge is like, you didn't listen to the commercial, right? <laughs> Paranoia, thoughts of hurting others, unconscious, boom, and I'm down when I walk. And psychosis, and it's like, this is crazy. There's so many. I could have chosen so many different commercials. And I look at them and go, there's no way I'm taking those drugs. This is nuts. But at some level, all of us do silly stuff that we look at and go, well, I didn't read the fine print. I didn't read the fine print because, everybody say this with me, the fine print, the fine print, it matters. <laughs> and it only matters when it's too late, if y'all know what I'm talking about, because most of the time it doesn't matter till it does, till, till like we look up and go, I'll be dang. And like, this is what happened in my life. Y'all have had this happen before. Some of y'all have good relationships with, with places like Blue Green and 
other places like that where you, where you buy a timeshare, and some of y'all have really good relationships with them because there's some really good ones. And then there's some other ones. And a couple years back, and it's, I don't know how many, so we'll just go with a couple. Leah and I went up to Asheville because we, we wanted something free. Because let's just, if y'all can't be real, this is going to be awkward. But this is what we do, right, is we put, we decide that this looks like a good idea, and so we go get something for nothing. And so if we sit through this thing for 90 minutes, have y'all done this before? If you haven't, don't. You sit through this thing for 90 minutes, and at the end of the 90 minutes, they're going to give you something. Now, in this case, we got a thing in the mail, and it said free cruise. Well, come on now. If you eat noodles and noodles, you want a free cruise. And at the time, that was on our menu, right? And so, so we were just like, we're going to go do this. It's going to be awesome. Let's go. And so we went. And this is strike one that I should have gone, this ain't good, is when you start going down this road, and then it turns from a good road to gravel to dirt, and the banjos are playing deliverance, I should have turned around right then, Right? But I kept going, we sat down, and listen, if they checked our bank records at the time, they would have said, awesome, but you can't do this, right? So I just kept saying to the dude and the woman and the next person, y'all done this, they got like 30 people that line you up till the closure comes in. We're going to get him later. And, and so, so they, they, they keep asking, and they give you this new thing, and it's up on a mountain now, and it's, you get a mountain and a beach, and we give you a mountain and a beach, and it's in Nebraska, so I don't know how they do all that, and it's amazing, and then we got everything, and they offer you everything. You don't have to pay for the first 400 years of this contract, and it's like, that's awesome, but I still got to have something in the bank, and then there's the dude at the end. I got it, and he comes out. He never comes out till the close. His name's Vinny. He's got gold nugget rings on every finger. And he's got this weird leather jacket, and he's humongous. Much bigger than me. And he looks, and this is all he says, how you doing? And, and y'all can laugh, it's cool. And, he, and, and, and they, he look, you look at him, and you go, this ain't going to be good, is it? Because you know he's not going to let you leave until you sign the, the contract. I told this Vinny dude, I'm making his name up, just go with it. I told this Vinny dude at least 25 times, bro, I hear all your offers and I want to kiss the ring, but like, I can't, I can't do this. Then they get angry with you and they take you to the desk. And I'm telling you, the woman was so short where she's like, your free cruise will be in the mail. And I was like, is the cruise going to float? Like, this is crazy. I'm nervous right now. So on the way home, Lee and I were like, that was nuts. It's supposed to be 90 minutes max. That took two and a half hours. This is terrible. But we got home, we were excited, and we started talking about what the cruise is going to be like. Like, you know, the expectation that you put on your heart of how good something's going to be? <laughs> so a week later, we got in the mail, and we get the free cruise. Everybody say, do it. you got to do the fingers to free cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't tell Leah about this because she's bitter about it. Because it was my idea, right? Because did, she didn't read it because I'm smart. <laughs> so, so I get the thing in the mail, and I'm, I'm, I'm turning the check in. I knew there was going to be a check that I give to pay for the little fees. Because if you've ever been on a cruise, you've got to pay, like, the tip, and you've got to pay the little things. And so I'm thinking 40 bucks each, maybe a little tax. We're looking at 150 bucks, And then I get a bill for $850 for a free cruise. Now, I want to be a preacher today, so I need y'all to think that I'm holy. So I want you to know that I didn't have any bad thoughts or probably didn't say any bad words. <laughs> but in reality, at the very least, it was under my breath, but it's probably over my breath. I was saying some things that I'm not real proud of. Like, why in the world? 
And like, this is crazy. Because then I looked it up on, on Expedia. The same freaking cruise, y'all, was cheaper. <laughs> what kind of freaking taxes is that? And then I got the brochure back out that they sent me in the mail. It's almost like the fine print matters. And on the dead gum bottom of that thing, I'm talking about tiny little print. There was one font. <laughs> I took y'all five seconds to get it, but it was worth it. It said, subject to fees, blah, 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 blah. And then it, it told me it was going to cost a lot, but I saw free cruise. You know, that's silly. And hopefully none of y'all have had that experience. But here's the reality of our lives. Here's the reality of our lives. Is in our lives we've had these free cruises, but it's a lot closer to home. Because I could put that behind me and get angry that I wasted three hours plus the driving time. But in some of your lives, what the tension that you feel in your life is that you raised your kids the best you possibly could and you look out now. And it's almost like someone put wool over your eyes because you're like, how did this happen? Like, I have this thought sometimes, and I'm, and I'm sure a lot of y'all have the same thought of, of why didn't they tell me that this is going to be the way that it is? I literally had this conversation with some friends of mine recently. They looked at me and they said, why doesn't anybody tell us marriage is this hard? And I laughed out loud because, y'all, I've been married almost 17 years, so no one has to tell me. But when you look at a bride and a groom that's about to get married, they can't see the fine print because all they see is the contract. Are you with me? Because in reality, in our lives, all we see is what we want to see. You know what I mean? All we see is what we want to see. So we create this reality in our lives. But then there's a time that we get to when we lose our jobs, but we've put in 30 years, and there's no reason for it, and we can't understand. And it's like, it's like we feel like our whole lives someone put a wool over our eyes, and we're like, this is ridiculous. I think one of my least favorite things in the world is to be surprised. Like, Leah laughs at me because I, like, I don't like surprise parties. I just want to know what's going on. And I think that's why I don't like the fine print. It's because it feels like in life, someone's always got something to get you with. There's always somewhere, somehow, some way. Like, we, we all feel this, right? We all feel like this is too good to be true, so eventually, why don't, why don't we just tell the truth on the front end? If we're going to have this as the situation, why don't you just tell me what's going on? And then there's the church. Because some of y'all are in here for the first time since last year on Easter. And if I can be just completely real with you, I don't blame you. I'm not talking bad about my church or any one church. But the reality is when you walk in a church, you feel like there's fine print. Like someone's going to judge you for based on what you did, not just two years ago, but yesterday. Someone's going to judge you based on the way you look. And this is what we think about ourselves is there's no way I can belong here. I don't care what that thing on the wood says out there. And it looks really cool that we made it out of pallets, but I don't belong. Now you belong, but I don't belong. Because if you knew the fine print of my life, I can't pull the shade over you. Can I tell y'all something? I feel the same way about being the pastor. I just think to myself, what if they find out what Mark's really like sometimes? What if they find out how much of a human I really am and that the struggle is real? What if they find out that I have these weird thoughts sometimes and frustrations toward God? 
wondering all kinds of different things. Well, they, how can I create a false reality where they can believe about me what is not real so that I can always hide the fine print? And I think the frustration in all of these different things is how heavy carrying this burden of the wool and the fine print really is. And so what I want to show you in the Bible today is a story found in, in the book of Luke. And I want to tell you a little bit about it. See, Luke was this cool guy that wasn't with Jesus the whole time, but he was there right afterwards. And he was a doctor. And he went to the disciples, the guys that walked with Jesus, and he said, listen, I'm really smart. With all due respect, y'all aren't. So let me get the information. I'm adding that part, but y'all go with it. I'm, I, I want to gather the information so I can write. And he literally wrote like a reporter. I love the book of Luke because even though it's part of the Bible, it's a book in itself in the whole 66 books of the Bible. And what Luke wanted to do is this one thing, y'all. He wanted to give us like a reporter's view of what Jesus did while he was on the earth. And so what I want to do today is I want to fast forward through the early stories of when Jesus was born, but he's got a great part of that, and, and through the, the miracles of Jesus and through all the different stuff. And I want to get to why we celebrate this day, that Jesus did raise from the dead and he did die on the cross. But then there's this thing that happens while he's on the cross. So listen, right before this story, Jesus has been accused, he's been tried, he has all this stuff take place, and, and, and illegally... And it was dirty and awful. They beat Jesus literally to death, but he was sustained through. Like a death sentence back in the day was to be whipped with this thing called the cat of nine tails 40 times. He got 39. The Bible literally says he was so badly beaten that they, his own people couldn't recognize him. And he's dying on this cross. And y'all, most people that are in here today, most people that are in here today, you would say to me, I believe that that's true. I believe all that. I believe this Jesus guy is who he says he is and, and all that's good. I believe that's probably true, that Jesus did die on a cross. But I think there's these, these two guys in this story. And I've read over this so many times. Like I do a one-year Bible uh, in my devotion time with the Lord, and like I, I, you just read right past these things because these guys are only in for this little blip. But I think all of us can find ourselves because of the fine print in one of these two positions on these crosses. And it's fascinating because a couple verses before the verse I'm going to show you in Luke 23, it says, and there were two thieves. There were two guilty people. Well, y'all, that's all of us. If we can take an honest inventory of our life, we know we've all screwed up. We, we've done something, said something, or thought something that, that was not godly, that was not holy, that was not spiritual in our own minds. And so we know we're wrong. And so it says that there were these two guys with them, but watch this. If I can learn how to do this. It says in verse 39, one of the criminals, one of these two thieves that the Bible says were on either side of Jesus, if Jesus is in the middle, it says one of these two criminals who was hanged, we're going to pretend he's on the other side, on the left side, you're right, who was hanged, railed at Jesus. Whenever I read this growing up, I got mad at him. This dude, what's wrong with this thief? If y'all grew up in church like I did, I know, I know some of y'all, at least half of you did. Y'all remember Sunday school we had the flannel boards and they did have three crosses because Randy Travis sang a song called Three Wooden Crosses on the Right Side of the Highway. Some of y'all, that's the only reason you knew there was three crosses. Come on. <laughs> While there's not four of them. None of y'all? Come on. <laughs> feel like I'm by myself up here. But, but whenever I put the dudes on the flannel board, I got mad at this one, right? Because I was like, how dare he say this to Jesus? Hmm. 
are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Because I know it wasn't like, it wasn't like a play. Thus forth cometh down of Jesus. Nah, this dude was like at the end, and he was struggling for his breath, and he was angry. He was cussing. Come on, God, where are you? And I judged this guy because I'm like, you're an idiot. Why would you ever do that? Someone said the fine print matters. Like, I think this guy's wrong and crazy and bad. And I'm much different than this guy until I really look at my own life. Because maybe you don't want to think about you for a second, but we can think about me. Because I think it's pretty obvious what I do for a living. I, I stand on a stage and I talk too much and y'all have to listen, right? You don't have to. You choose to listen. So I'm very thankful for that. But I talk about Jesus. I talk about God. I do these, all these things. And then like people, human beings say, God's so proud of you. And they mean it. They mean well by it. But they think that somehow, some way, that God looks down on Pastor Mark. And all of a sudden, I get to like this ribbon. And I've got them at home, right? Because we get rings for, for winning the state Jesus ship. And like, it's all good stuff. <laughs> and then if you're not careful as a pastor, this is way too much information for y'all. I'm letting you way too far in, but I'm going to do it. If you're not careful as a pastor, you start believing that crap. So I'm driving home. I promise a true story. I'm driving home from preaching. This is a few years back, but not as long as I wish it was. And I love to preach. I love to preach. I really think I could be energized and preach every day. And I love teenagers, and this was a, a, a young person meeting thing. It was awesome, and lots of kids got saved. And, man, I was pumped, and I was by myself. And I'm, I, yo, I literally was worshiping on the way home. I had praise and worship music on, and I'm just getting after it. Everybody that passed me was like, dude, it's crazy. And, like, and I'm just, I'm, I'm me and Jesus. I'm rocking and rolling with Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And then all of a sudden, I'm going 67 and a 50, and guess what happened? <laughs> Woo-hoo, right? And I said, well, I don't like the blue lights. Feels like Chantix is happening right now. Because <laughs> I didn't know the side effects. I was just thinking about stuff. As God is my witness, my thought was immediately this. God, I just preached for you, and, and, and kids got saved, and look what I'm doing for you, and I start telling him what I'm doing for him. And then I said this. Why would you let this happen to me? Why would you let this happen? Why would you let my car break down, God? Why would you let my family member die? If you really cared about me, why would you let this happen? You're God. So save me from this pain. Because I like to feel good about myself. I don't want to put myself in this guy's shoes, but the reality is I'm in his shoes a lot. And then you got the next one. Because the other guy on the other side's like, bro, you are out of your mind. He's Jesus, right? Because my whole life I've celebrated this guy like he's right and the other one's wrong. Now, he did get an important thing right at the end. But his thought process was off. Because this is what he said. Don't you fear God? We're under a sentence. And, and, and they were under a sentence. And, and, and he was even right about this, that they deserved to die. But this is the part that I find the tension in because this is what I believe the local church looks like today. This is what I believe some of you feel like is the fine print for your life because even though you walk in as the left guy, 
you're right. You feel like everybody else is the other side looking at you going, what is wrong with you? Why haven't you cleaned your mess up before you came in here? You're going to get what you deserve. Don't you feel that? You're going to get what you deserve. And I like to think that I don't feel we're receiving the due reward for our deeds in my own life. But in reality, I feel that every day of my life. In reality, what I feel in the tension is, God, why didn't you get me out of this mess? And it's almost like there's a rope between the two crosses. I'm skipping straight over Jesus. We just playing hopscotch. He ain't even there. And I go over to this one. I'm going to do better. Listen to me. I'm not going to do this mess anymore because if I do, I get what I deserve. It's karma, I call it karma Christianity. You're going to get what you get. You're going to get what you get. Can I tell you what this really means? Because I'm telling you, I feel so much weight and heaviness on this guy. Because this guy believes this. This guy believes that there must be wool over my eyes. And at the end of the day, I do think God got on a cross for me. I do think God died for me. I do think all this stuff is good. But maybe, just maybe, if I lift up my eyes and I see the whole truth, this is all too good to be true. So I need to start earning my way to a little bit better favor with God. Favor comes, goodness comes because I did a little bit more for God. Because I decided that I would hold a microphone and preach. Look what I've done. And the problem with this guy is my whole life I said, yes, this is it. You got to do more for God. You got to be more for God. You got to do it for God. You got to do it for God. Y'all, that is just as wrong as the first one. And we live in this thing called religion. And then this area is full of religion. Oh, there's churches all around us. You don't have to drive far. You can see them full, 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 full. And you'll hear all day today, shame on you. But Jesus did not die so you felt ashamed. There was something weird that happened. There's a shift that happened because both of these tensions that I walk under are wrong. Jesus made a new contract. Everybody say new. He did not just fulfill the old one. He wrote a brand new one that took care of the old one, set the standard even higher and said, I'm going to make this better. I'm going to make it crazy for him. I'm going to make it over the top nuts, but this is going to be good. I'm going I'm to make these people my bride, I'm going to make these people that I look around and I see there's, they, they have no hope. And, and they're going to they're gonna be on either side and they're going to think there's no way I can do this. God, get me out of this mess. How could you let this happen? God, I'm going to do better for you. God, get me out of this mess. God, I'm going to do better for you. God, get me out of this mess and I'm just going to take care of it all. <laughs> I'm not going to make them do anything. I'm going to write a new contract. I want to show you this one verse that literally the word covenant means sealed binding contract by a king. It means that the king puts his signet down in, but the king didn't put his signet in wax. In this case, he wrote it in blood. And it's powerful and amazing. Look what it says. For this reason, that, that I can't do it on my own, that no matter how awful and ugly and bad I am, no matter how embarrassed or shamed I'm in, or no matter how hard I'm trying, there's never enough and so in the back of my mind, when I think God might be out to get me and maybe he's not really that good, he's screaming with his arms open wide in that gentle voice, I love you and I am this good because I put Christ in between you. Watch this. Not on my side, not on your side, 
but right in between those two thieves as the mediator going back and forth when I'm jumping back and forth and trying to figure this whole thing out Christ is my mediator in between and he's written a new law a new covenant my contract has been written new and he says that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal life that it's now my gift it's on my life I don't have to hope I go to heaven I know heaven is my territory it's my home the only thing I have as a goal is that I can bring a little bit of heaven's culture to earth because I know my place is, is, is there, not here. And so he says, now that he has died, which is what we celebrate Easter for, and he got on a cross, and then he rose from the dead, he gave ransom to set them free. To set them free from the sins committed under the first law, under the first contract. Because there, there, there is fine print. And the fine print is I can never do it. I can never be enough. I'll always feel like maybe he's out to get me when I'm trying to achieve the first contract. But the crazy thing about God is the fine print in God's new contract with us is as ridiculous as the fine print that burned us in the past. But his fine print makes us whole. And I want to close with this thought. Y'all listen to me. I, I, the one thought that I had was what makes so much sense to my life in both of these situations, because I, I believe this with all my heart, there's 250 or more adults in this room right now together. And whether you've come with me or not and believe this, all of you believe one or the other about God at some level. All of you think that God is either too good to be true and eventually the wool's gonna get pulled out from under me, that I can't just seek Jesus first, that I can't fix my eyes on him that I've got to fix this, that I've got to control this narrative, that I've got to make it right. Or God, how did you let this happen? And so we feel this hostility. And I thought about a ticket that I got, and I've had multiple. This whole thing basically is about me getting tickets. Come on, somebody. Like, <laughs> and I walked in, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if you know the judge or you know the arresting officer or one of the other officers, like Jordan, Jordan, don't arrest me. Y'all don't know Jordan's a cop, but Jordan's a cop. That's my boy. So if y'all mess with me, he will get you from the stage. But if you know the judge or the arresting officer, he's, I've had him look at me before and say, Mr. Pangle, slow it down. This is taken care of. And I thought that's a perfect picture until I realized it wasn't. Because what Jesus did for us and what God actually provided because he loved you in your mess in your grossest state, in the thing that you were the most disgusted with yourself, on the worst day of your life, he loved you just like he loves you right now. So this is what, I just want y'all to walk this little path with me because this makes so much sense to my brain now. Because it's not that I get out of a ticket. It's not that I get out of jail free. Something else had to be done. So dudes, y'all just relax when I say this because it makes me feel weird too, but y'all just go with me. The Bible says that we are, the followers of Jesus are, the bride of Jesus Christ. So I'm asking all of y'all to put yourself in the bride's shoes, but it's not weird, I promise. Well, just go with me. So in this case, listen, back in Jesus' day, if a bride committed adultery, if a woman committed adultery, whether it was before she was married or while she was married, there was no choice she had to be killed. No choice she had to be stoned or killed. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? It's awful. But here's the reality is all of us are adulterers in our hearts. Oh, we haven't put God first. We haven't looked at him first. There's no way that we've never sinned. And so, so as we stand before God, we are adulterers. 
And God looks at us, who's the supreme judge, who's the good and great judge, who's the one true judge. He looks at us and says, well, somebody's got to pay. And since you're the sinner, it makes sense that you should pay. But no matter what happens, somebody's got to pay. This one just can't be wiped out. So instead of God saying, I'm going to wipe this out, and then me going to the next town and being an adulterer there and facing death, or the next season of my life and facing death, or always having to look over my shoulder or saying it must be too good to be true, or where's the fine print in you throwing this out because I know it's going to come back up in 10 years. God looked at the bride and said, you're this, so I better look at the groom and call him that. Listen to me. And he took the groom and he said, I've got to put all this adultery, listen to me, all this shame, all this past, all this sin, every disgusting thing that I've ever done. And I'm not just going to make you die for it. I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to call you this. I'm going to make you wear it like a shirt from head to toe. you gotta, you got to wear I'm going to make you the adulterer even though you've never sinned. One time in your life you've never thought of sin. You've never done a sin. But groom... You will be called the adulterer because my goal for the bride is not that she'll be good from this point on and hope she never gets caught again. My goal for the bride is that she'll be spotless, that she'll be white as snow, that she'll be brand new, that she'll be able to walk as your bride. And and she'll create this thing that I wanted called the church. But she can't do that if all I do is is just throw it to the side. You've got to become it so she can be what I made her to be. So this is what happened. Watch this. For our sake, God made him who had no sin, the groom. The Bible says Jesus is the bridegroom. And we're the bride of Christ. And it said to be sin for us, y'all. So many times I get on one side or the other because I think Jesus just died for me, but he became my sin. He became my shame. He became an adulterer, even though he had never sinned. Why? So that I might become the righteousness of God. I can stand upright, not because I preach, not because I'm good, not because there's, there's fine print that he must be about to get me, but because all the news in this contract is good. Because it gets better and better and better. And listen to me. I don't know what you're going to walk away with with this message, but this is the one thing that I know I'm supposed to share with you. The more you uncover about God's love for your life, the better it gets. Not only is God not out to get you, to hurt you, he's out to get you, to lift you up, to put your feet on the solid rock, to make you brand new, not to make you good. And this is the picture that I want y'all to get. For the rest of your life, remember this. God does not need you to shift out of this cross and get behind Jesus or shift out of this cross and get behind Jesus. He wants you to stay put and let Jesus get in front of you because that's what he's already done. It's not what you do. All you've got to do is receive his goodness and his grace, his love, his mercy, his rescuing power. And most of us miss it because we think this has got to be too good to be true. There must be some fine print. Eventually he's going to try to get me. Listen to me. He loves you so stinking much. He's crazy about every part of you. And his desire for your life is to start a love relationship with you and radically change your life. But you cannot do this by yourself, church person. You can't do this by yourself, person that doesn't really believe in God. But he'll change your life by you simply saying, I believe you did all these things 
and I trust you. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to sign the contract. I want you to sign the contract. Because this contract that's before you is not magical, right? It's not some special new thing that we created. It's just a piece of paper on the other side of the thing I asked you to fill out at first. But as a representation of what God actually did, it's powerful. Because when God said, I'm coming to make all things new, he meant it in you. When Jesus said, I came not to get rid of the first contract, but to fulfill it and raise it even higher so that the world may know that I'm his. That you can't get to God unless you go through him. What we're asking you to do today is stop believing the lies that Vinny's going to come around the corner and say, I got you. I told you this was too good to be true and realize it is too good to be true, but it's for you. He loves you and he wants to bring you home. He wants to bring you home. He wants to say, you, even though I know what you've done, I call you daughter. I call you son. I call you friend. So welcome home. And all it looks like is simply this. Listen to me, simply this. I choose to say yes to you today, Jesus. I choose to call you Lord. I believe you died on the cross and rose again. And I give you my life today. I give you my life today. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? With nobody looking around, I just want y'all to have a chance to repeat after me. if this is something that you want to do in your own life and receive God's love for the first time. So in your own heart, I just want you to say this, Lord Jesus, I believe you're who you say you are. And today, I declare that you're Lord. I declare that you're good. I receive your love. Lord, the fine print matters. The fine print matters because it gets even better. So thank you for dying on the cross and becoming my sin and getting up on the third day and defeating death so that I could be your righteousness. Today, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I want y'all to listen. This is the part that I need y'all's interaction with. I believe, listen, I believe there's dozens of you that if you'll be honest with yourself for the very first time, or maybe when you were a kid, you might've said a prayer, but it really wasn't your faith. I'm not going to get a badge for what you do. God's not going to look down on me and say, he did it again. This is for you. It's all about Jesus. But I want you to be honest with me, and I want you to turn this card over, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to be honest if you've truly made Jesus Lord of your life by saying, I don't have to do anything, and you've done it. And so if that's you, praise God and check an A. But listen, for all of you that haven't, we're not going to ask you to touch your nose, stand up, turn around, touch your nose again. We're not coming to your house. We're not going to freak you out. We just want to celebrate with you and, and in the next few weeks begin to help you take your first steps with Jesus. Let us do that by acknowledging I just said yes to Jesus. I'm accepting him today as my Lord and Savior. I've made him Lord. And check B, I promise you this is your one step today you have to do. But do it right now. Check B, I believe there's dozens of you that are going to do that. And then there's some of you that are like, I get this, but I still am skeptical. Still think there might be some fine print. I'm not interested at all, or I need some more time. And listen, that's cool. The one thing I want you to know is we're not going to come knocking on your door, but we will pray for you and believe that eventually you're going to realize that this is too good to be true, but it's God and it's awesome. So right now, with your cards filled out and the box checked, one of those boxes should be checked. 
even if it's the A, praise God for the A's. But every one of you, I want you to just pass them to the middle of the aisle right now. Pass them to the middle. Pass them to the middle. And here's what we're going to do. Our volunteers immediately are going to take these up. Right now, they're going to start taking these up. And we're going to close with one of my favorite songs. Because here's the deal. What changes lives is that the resurrected king has resurrected me. That I didn't have to do it, but God did it. And so after you turn your cards in, I want everybody to stand up. And we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. Someone say, Jesus is alive. Woo! Let's celebrate together. You are good, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.